0: We are here again for unedited Portland. Home of my friends. Today we have a special treat for you. Solovox, aka my friend Carl. How you doing over there, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you again for accepting the invitation to come out here.
1: Absolutely. I've never yeah, you know, I've never seen this much free pizza. <laughs> Why would I not come?
0: Exactly. Good, good, good little sales pitch there for all the upcoming guests. There's free pizza. <laughs> There's hundreds of pizzas in this room
1: right now. Surrounded by deliciousness.
0: I can't, I can't
1: help but just eat pizza
0: while I do these podcasts. I call them pizza casts myself, actually.
1: Hey, <laughs> you should, you should, uh, you should definitely uh patent that. Patent that pizza yeah.
0: pizza cast. Tra- yeah. See, that's my problem with this podcast. I come up with a lot of dot-com names, mm-hmm. so like that, my, my budget has got to be like a million for my dot-coms. Com-
1: and then you just keep putting the ideas out there, and the internet's stealing them. Stealing them all. Zuckerberg is listening right now. Dude, Zuckerberg's hurting. Face Pizza his, cast oh. this is his next thing. Well, it might pizza do better book. than Facebook, because that's gone down 10% in one day of trading.
0: So You know,
1: I just don't understand this. The whole thing. Buying something before. Buying. Well, just, I know. I you know, like, it's worth less than it was. No, it's all imaginary. Right. I mean, don't, don't get me started here. <laughs> imaginary is, numbers.
0: That, <laughs> uh, By the way, that got us started was Dennis Brown stopped fussing and fighting, so appreciate that. All right, so, Mr. Solovox, as I can call you, or Carl. Carl's fine. Carl. Yeah. Um, you're on this podcast, because I know you as a world-famous keyboardist, and- entertainer of all kinds. Thank you. And uh, so I like to I like to bring on talented Portlanders. Um, eventually, I'm even going to extend it to like bartenders, security guys, the people that we work with Excellent. in the industries that we're around. And they have uh, stories. They all have stories. And you can always relay it back to the city. So yep. it keeps the theme of the Portland city going. The
1: real smell of the city. Exactly. That's
0: I'm hoping that carries over in this
1: podcast. Well, if it's, if it's a strong enough smell.
0: <laughs> it should. It should. So um, what we usually do to get um, the thing going is figure out who my guest is where they're from, and and then kind of put them in place here in Portland where we're at today. So let's get us started. Are you originally from Portland?
1: Absolutely not. No. Uh, I am originally from San Antonio, Texas. Wow. And uh, I was there till I was about seven. Then we went to Austin, which was a great town and uh,
0: they also like to keep it weird apparently
1: they like to keep it weird I was only able to tap into some of that in second third and fourth grade but uh, I really did enjoy my time in Austin and uh, after a a year in Corpus Christi I moved to Atlanta and Georgia is pretty much where I where I grew up Uh, Atlanta and uh, and of course Athens Georgia which is where I used to play in bands and really studied music at the University of Georgia and and really learned how to uh, be a musician that was in Athens
0: So you were at Carl the Bulldog at that time.
1: I was (laughs) you know, um, yeah, that's just an amazing amazing place to go to school because uh, you know, you may accidentally, you know, get an education while you're there, but uh you know, uh, you know, REN, B-52s, Widespread Panic, Indigo Girls, they're all, you know, from Atlanta and Athens, and uh, it's just a great music town, and we had a lot of fun.
0: So, yeah. um, comparatively to Portland now, we think of Portland today as kind of a music town, mm-hmm. at least as far as the different types of music, the eclecticness of it. Yeah. Um, how did that translate over there in Atlanta? Like, is it a bigger scene? Like, more people are out and about, or? Is
1: Atlanta a bigger scene than Portland? Yeah. Well, Atlanta is kind of the Los Angeles of the South, unfortunately, uh, and I don't mean that to knock either city.
0: Well, I do believe uh, there is media headquarters there, like CNN, some of the Turner There's stuff. a lot of
1: that. There's a lot of uh, hip-hop and R&B artists there, uh, you know, major sports teams, yada yada, a lot of big Fortune 500 companies, but we're talking about, you know... It takes you an hour and a half to drive from the first part of, you know, what you would call like civilization to the end. I mean, it well, it's it's huge.
0: So it's all urban sprawl, urban keep, sprawl
1: keeps going. Um, and I think honestly, I think the culture has kind of suffered uh, when I've gone back there over the past years. Um, I couldn't find a live band. Wow. Uh, I heard a lot of DJs. I heard a lot of hip hop. I heard a lot of, you know, club music. Um, but, uh, especially, especially in Athens, um, you know, that was the whole thing. I mean, that's, that was the greatest thing about being in the, in Athens in the nineties and, uh, to say nothing of what it must've been like in the eighties. If you don't like that band, go next door. It's free or it's two bucks or it's three bucks and you don't like them go next door. I mean, we're talking a downtown area, maybe four blocks by 10 blocks long and 70, places to get a drink
0: wow that's that's pretty awesome man that's uh that actually gives Portland a run for its money
1: no it really does I would say per capita Athens is the number one music place in the world wow Uh, but you know
0: but it suffered a little bit as far as the the variety they have now
1: well see that's the thing I'm kind of afraid to go back a buddy of mine has been there recently you know when I left Athens there was no electronic music at all it was all live bands which is you know fine with me and uh now i'm looking at some of the club i I actually kind of did a little research on some of the old places and it's changed you know i think the whole scene has changed and there's more electronic music and clubs and that kind of stuff there now i just hope that uh i mean you would see a country band or the jazz band or like some you know you know jam band i mean it was the diversity was huge and i get the sneaking suspicion there's a lot more people buying uh you know, MIDI controllers and headphones that are actually practicing their mandolin. Right. You know.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I actually represent a guy who recently purchased a mandolin, so I can respect that. That's that's a good instrument. You
1: know. DJ Mandolin. Yeah, that guy's incredible. <laughs> that guy. Yeah, he's good. It's
0: it's an iPod, but he calls it his mandolin. Yeah, yeah.
1: The the i mandolin. Yeah, uh, I've, I I downloaded that app. That's good. It's
0: pretty good, man. Yeah. I have the advertisements on it still, so. Cool. It's a little annoying. But um, so you're back there. You're getting influenced in the music industry. You're also studying music at the time. Mm-hmm. What was your arc at that point? Like, were you looking to work in the radio? Were you looking to become a
1: musician? Like, What an excellent question. Um, let's see. Well, you know, I didn't necessarily even want to major in music, but, you know, my folks were like, well, you got to major in something, so might as well be that. And uh, so I was doing composition, uh, music composition, and I kind of helped uh, start their electronic music lab. Nobody had ever actually used a computer to really make a piece of music until I did it and uh, so they were a little bit behind the time so I kind of helped you know get that going and I was having a great time doing that and then funny you mentioned radio because I did kind of fall into radio and I was uh, hosted some of my own shows and played wacky music on Saturday afternoons had a show called curtain up had a little bizarre cult following doing show tunes uh wish a. <laughs> I wish there's
0: some recordings of that song. I have
1: many recordings of that on DAT. Oh wow! Yeah, we're,
0: we're gonna have to get this off that.
1: Yes, it's really it's some wacky stuff, but um, you know, you know, mainly I just I got really sick of being in the in the music school, and so when I had the opportunity to hop in with a band, I was all about it, and I got to say I learned more about music and how to make music playing with bands than I did sitting in a classroom you know and although you know I you know went through that whole process you know when that was over I was much happier when I was playing with bands and I did like I mean rockabilly jam bands I backed up the you know singer songwriters um you know it, it, I really got a whole education playing with bands I mean you know good keyboardists aren't always easy to find so I always had work if I wanted it And, uh, yeah, I mean, I hope that's still going on there.
0: And now, back then, what were the tools of the trade for you? Like, I know Korg for a while there in the 90s -hmm. was definitely the standard. Yamaha kind of kicked it off.
1: Well, that's the thing, man, is that, you know, if I could go back in time and, like, start doing what I'm doing now back then, you know, I would have to go back with about $10,000. I mean, people don't realize how cheap things are now compared to what they used to be right talking um, to the guy
0: who has a podcast for about a dollar 99 here e- exactly <laughs> you know
1: um but actually no my um uh, i had an old like old Kawhi, i had a Roland jupiter six which was great but you didn't want to haul it to shows uh the first band i joined was the sugar daddies and nice. we were kind of like sex pistols meets elvis so it was like this awesome rockabilly kind of thing and I was allowed to play the Vox Jaguar with the reverse color keys, totally hip. Uh, so I was playing lots of lots of organ, and then uh, when I joined my uh, my my super jam band, I was in. Uh, we had uh, the Hammond B3 organ that was originally owned by Three Dog Night. Hey. So it was this big white Hammond organ with the with the Leslie 127, and so I got pretty proficient playing, you know, uh, kind of organ style grooves and that kind of stuff. It was a while till I could afford uh, an Alesis quadricend, which I still have for my piano sounds and roads and that kind of stuff. But um,
0: We're actually using an Alesis mixer today. There you go.
1: And <laughs> that was pretty much what I came. You know, we sold the Hammond. Um, we sold the Hammond the, the day before I left for Portland. I played at Smith's Old Bar in Atlanta, and um, we sold the Hammond to the band that went on after us. So I've never done this before. You Literally, you, we hauled the Hammond up the stairs, put it on the stage, played our last show, got cash money on the stage, you know, made a big deal out of it, right. and just left it right there. And they played it and hauled it away. So I came to uh, Portland with a couple of Moog synthesizers and my uh, Alesis, and that was pretty much it.
0: And a little rogue kit there. And uh, so that's a good transition to bring us to our second topic, which is the city of Portland, of course. And so you've made it over here. You've got your couple keyboards, your tools of your trade. Who did you know, and what made the choice to come out to Portland?
1: The right one. Well, um, I met my future ex-wife uh, in uh, Athens, Georgia. I'm
0: hoping to meet my future ex-wife in Athens, yeah, Georgia. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey. Uh, no, she's no, she's the best. <laughs> um, and uh, we came out here in uh, ninety. Well, December of ninety-seven. And uh, I knew absolutely nobody that was not a part of her family. It was quite a uh, quite a ballsy move. Uh, I left uh, pretty, you know, a, a regionally successful band and many many friends to come out here, and uh, I would say for several months I just was. Trying to find anybody. And so I was reading what was then called The Rocket. I think it later was called The Mercury. Oh, right. Yep. And man, I wish I could have made a documentary of some of the bands that I quote unquote auditioned for. <laughs> I mean, it was, it, yeah, this was spinal tap material. I really should have made a documentary. It was so awful. Uh, but I eventually uh, met the right people and we started playing some shows together. And, uh, Um, Those good friends of mine went on to start uh, March 4th Marching Band And we went on to do all the big Chaos Moses shows and blah 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 So that's kind of more about Portland, I guess
0: Yeah, no, that's uh, I love March 4th, by the way Those guys put on a definite show They
1: opened for me their first show (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> let's put them. Losers. Put, put him in place. Uh, they played one of the uh, famous refuge uh, New Year's Eves, mm-hmm. where we hit capacity at probably around twelve oh five a.m. Yeah, and fire marshal Bill, let's call him. I don't think his name's really Bill, but mm-hmm. I like that title. Came in and shut us down. And March fourth, instead of just packing up their stuff, played their set in our parking lot. Oh, I've
1: heard about that. Yeah, for That's everyone. Awesome. Yeah,
0: and that and that was. Uh, that was a really good show, and I that was kind of my first exposure to March Fourth. They
1: they they are they are my buddies. Uh, I've gone on tour with them uh, briefly. We did a little West Coast thing, and uh, I've probably played forty shows with them. We used to do these Doug Fur shows, and I love them. But hey, following a thirty-piece band is not easy.
0: Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. Um. So outside of uh, March Fourth, who are some of the other bands that you've you've come to play with or or enjoy?
1: Boy, you know, I go all the way back. I've played with. Uh, country band when I first started here called the Country Politans. I played with uh, uh, kind of a jam band called Digabone. Uh, It was, yeah, I'm really going back. But the main thing is that John Averill, like I said, who started uh, March 4th, uh, he and I and a bunch of other great musicians ended up doing these wild kind of multifaceted shows, which came to be called Chaosmosis. Okay. And these were some of the big kind of shows that uh, happened at the Boston Nova Ballroom, 2004, 2005. Uh, they closed the Burnside Bridge for us twice to lead parades. Wow. And these were, these, the people that were there will remember them, that these were really some of the best shows I've, I've ever seen in Portland. Um, I'm glad to see some newer promoters raising the bar in, to get into the general zip code of, I think, what we were doing. But, you know, there would be somebody upstairs, you know, doing, like, metallurgy or, like, you know, crazy, you know, stuff or projections that had never been done before, uh, crazy uh, ballet performances. And then we'd come out and do, like, you know, an entire set of, you know, uh, you know, Pink Floyd or something crazy, you know. Uh, and it was never the same show twice. Right. Uh, and from that kind of... Um, It tied into the Burning Man scene and, uh, you know, Burning Man was something that I never even would have been a part of had I not come out here and met some of these guys. And uh, it, you know, it's my whole career in Portland has been kind of intertwined with that scene. It seems like
0: they've, uh, I mean, I knew when like the Jolly Roger days, like 2001, 2002, a bunch of the cats that were living across the street and were tied in with kind of the reggae guys I knew were in the Burning Man scene, mm-hmm. and were doing like art, and uh, one of them worked for Lucky Lab Brewery and was going to do an entire brew tour thing down at Burning Man, so they brought like 50 kegs or something so they could <laughs> sell them, and like, because I try- guess-
1: they tried to sell kegs at Burning Man? Well,
0: they were like, I think they were like selling, it was like one of those things like vend, like here's some food, here's some beer, if you got a couple bucks, you know, pitch it in kind of thing. Mm. And they'd have, it was like a, it was a camp. It was their gotcha. camp. So yeah, you yeah, yeah. Pay to play kind of camp, but I'm sure it all ended up just getting drink for free. Yeah, I'm yep. sure it did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah I, I've noticed that that scene definitely tied in with a lot of different uh, scenes throughout Portland as far as like yeah music goes here um, yeah yeah we're, we're a big yeah. contingent
1: yeah and we, we we just always wanted to put on these these you know shows that was a lot more than just hey how about how about a dj and then a band and then a dj I and mean, it was it was never that you know it was always way more multifaceted and uh i miss those shows um you know but honestly uh once uh, march 4th got you know going again it or got going as big as it has gotten now you know um we all kind of went off in our own directions and uh stereo vision is kind of an offshoot of that i play with a great band in town called stereo vision and uh other than that i just kind of enjoy remixing other people's work when it comes along and uh of course you know doing my one man band
0: right and i uh, had the solo vox the one man band act i've seen a couple times at refuge mm-hmm. and I, we even saw you post back surgery
1: yeah where you're playing no no non-surgery i had to do it without surgery that was the whole catch Oh, okay okay yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, yeah it like definitely li- took me out for a while
0: li- literally like in a lawn chair playing keys and
1: kind of killing it it was kind of i know i know i mean sitting down in a lawn chair you know just chilling like a g uh i was i was on
0: <laughs> I,
1: I highly suggest next time instead of you know you know walking around in your leather pants just you know wear a robe to a show and sit back in your barca lounger and just knock them dead
0: knock them dead it's all it's all everyone needs anyway yeah. so in here in portland what do you think is i mean i know you've Connected somewhat with San Francisco and other places that you play at. Um, what keeps you here? Like, what keeps you grounded in Portland that...
1: Yeah. Um, two things. Uh, number one, I mean, I love, I love Southern California, um, and I certainly love their weather, but I don't necessarily want to live there. Um, I don't uh, necessarily want to, you know, pay that much to live. Um, I like the size of Portland. It's kind of the Goldilocks. You know, I don't want to go back to an Athens-sized place, and I don't want to be one of 7 million people in an L.A. type of place. Right. Um, That uh, is kind of the secondary reason. The primary reason is that – that uh, that wonderful ex-wife I referred to earlier, we had a, an amazing daughter together, and she's just a big part of my life. And as long as she's in Portland, I'm not going anywhere.
0: Wow, that's that's really cool, man. That's actually something I did not know about you. Yeah, yeah. A,
1: a lot of people don't know that, and then uh, and then they then they see me with my daughter, and they're like, "You're actually a good parent," <laughs> and you know, it's, it's their shock that hurts me. It hurts me. <laughs> but that's fine.
0: <laughs> I like that though. I yeah. like that. That's honesty though. People people yeah. see you at parties, man, that go till four A. M. They assume there's no way that you have a daughter that's waiting to get fed at six.
1: Well <laughs> well that's the thing. I don't stay out till four A. M. if it's going to be one of the days that I have my daughter. Right. Exactly. You know, I have a we have a we have a we have a schedule and I stick to it and if it's a if it's a daughter day, then yes, I will be home in bed.
0: So if you're not playing music and you have the night off and say you don't have the daughter for the night, what's, yeah. what are the things you like to do in the city? What is what's that Solar uh, box up to?
1: Boy, that is a great question because it it's kind of shifting at the moment. I mean, there used to be, there used to be some good places that I liked to go. Um, and right now I kind of feel like uh, we're kind of at a, um, not a crossroads, but I, I think things are kind of up in the air right now. There's some new places, there's some places that used to be good that maybe don't have the kind of music that I want to listen to anymore. Right. Um, I don't think I've ever really seen a bad show at the Someday Lounge. Aha. Um,
0: I'm glad I didn't include that in a, one of my questions for the game at mm-hmm. one point was going to involve the Someday Lounge, so oh, gotcha. I feel like that would have been too quick of a toss-up now that you've already mentioned it. So oh, I'm gotcha, like, gotcha. <laughs>
1: You know, um, I love going to see shows at the Bossa Nova. Um, I actually was a part of like a burlesque show. I was like one of the the, the musical guy for for a burlesque show. Everything that happens there is usually really entertaining. Groove Suite has a great sound system. Of course, Crown Room has a great sound system. But, um, you know, um, if I'm not playing that weekend, It every week and it's kind of a real question and I usually end up going to refuge. I usually gravitate towards refuge. Um, I totally support everyone there and um, I've been, you know, I love watching how it continues to develops. Yeah,
0: and that's actually been an exciting part and a theme. Um, I had uh, Lee Feldman on the original podcast. Yeah, who um, also from Atlanta. Oh that's really? Yeah, see. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, he uh, I know Lee. Yeah, he's from Atlanta, uh went to Boulder, Colorado for a, a time and then came here from Boulder, Colorado. Really? Yeah, so he was an,
1: an Atlantean as well. I'll have to punch him in the gut next <laughs> to my sand. <laughs> and he'll expect it because he's from Atlanta. Right.
0: Yeah, that's what you guys do. Yeah. Um, but then uh, he also, we talked about the evolution of spaces and like uh hollow scene, how they mm-hmm. knocked out a wall and it yeah. definitely kind of opened that up. Yeah. And uh, the refuge and how what they're doing there. And so... Yeah. Which
1: I, and I hear that there's more changes on the way.
0: Oh, definitely. Definitely. Maria is a creative soul when it comes to design on that place, I can yeah. say. Yeah. So I feel like uh, we pretty much covered the bases. Uh, we could probably hit up the game now. Um, I give a portion after you finish either getting all of them right or losing whenever mm-hmm. it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where we can do some plugs. If there's Kay. things coming up, you got websites or whatnot or, sure. you know, good Good food to eat, I don't know, whatever Whatever you want to talk about. Sure. So um, we'll go ahead and play Questions okay. with Mikel. <laughs> I, of course, am Mikkel, the host of this show. And I do always forget once in a while, this is on uneditedportland.com, facebook.com slash uneditedportland, twitter.com slash uneditedpdx. So we're out there. You can go get us, follow us, like us, hate us, whatever. Just talk about us to people. So that's where this game is going to be hosted. All right, we have the first question today. It's got to do with a lot of people here like to ride bikes. Some people like to ride public transit. I like to do both. If I was to be going to Beaverton through that tunnel, I have a choice of one of two maxes here in the city. Can you name for me either
1: the routes or the (laughs) colors that go through the tunnel into Beaverton? Okay, if you're going to Beaverton, you want to take the Q train on the Plaid line, <laughs> but if you go to the Clover exit, that means you're too close to the canal. Am I right?
0: Um, that would be wrong. Mm. Are, are you
1: sure? Do you, are you not? Are you not a Big Max head? Um, am I a bad person if I say no?
0: No, you're not. No, it's fine. I mean, if yeah.
1: You- no, I. Hey, you know what? I'm glad the Max is there. Uh-huh. And um I definitely definitely have ridden the max uh to the rose garden. Okay. To see some shows.
0: Okay. So since there's only a few colors out there. Yeah. Let's let's take a stab at this one. B- blue. Okay. That's one.
1: Red. Damn, you got the question yes! right. It is red and blue. And hey, and if you merge blue and red together, you know what you get? <laughs> you get plaid. <laughs> So I was essentially right. But you yeah, were, go ahead, Red.
0: You, I, you're right. I had to
1: break that down.
0: That yeah. was like a Stephen Hawking's answer there. Okay. All right. Well, that's, you
1: somehow pulled that out. Oh, so. yes. <laughs> I get to take home one of these pizzas. Exactly. <laughs> Only one, though. I okay. got to keep the other 99.
0: Okay. Uh, the second question. Uh, I know you've played a lot downtown at mm-hmm. spots where you talk about Backspace. You say you like um, Someday Lounge. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking outside of these places. So I would like you to name three venues
1: in Southeast Okay. Uh the Good Foot. Okay, correct. Southeast Stark. Actually sounds really sounds nice and tight down in that in that basement. Sounds good. Um the does the Aladdin count?
0: Uh the Aladdin is a venue. I've seen a couple shows there.
1: And uh how about just for shizies? Um ooh, uh oh that place doesn't exist anymore. Uh that place doesn't exist anymore. Uh ooh, uh um the garage, Duff's Garage.
0: Duff's Garage. Excellent. There you go. Three three new names. That way we didn't have to say Refuge, which would have counted as well. Is maybe, Refuge
1: in South? Oh, I guess Refuge is in Southeast. And
0: then maybe like Mount Tabor Theater. Oh, I like knew that. there was something on I Hawthorne I was
1: blanking on. But yeah. but yeah,
0: that was good. That was well done, man. All right. So you have now made it to the hardest question. Oh, boy. Which is um, it's also around the crown room idea here. Mm-hmm. So I know that you bartended at the crown room for a while. Mm-hmm. So the crown room is in Old Town which is also known as Chinatown. Mm-hmm. So could you name for me one of the two Chinese restaurants that's across the street from the Crown Room?
1: Well, that would be Hung Far Lo and the Republic.
0: The Republic,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those are those are two. And there's also and that actually I would always eat at the Republic. Yeah, the Republic
0: is way better.
1: The chow san sin for 10.99. That's chicken, beef and shrimp.
0: Wow, at the Republic Cafe?
1: At the Republic Cafe. On 4th Avenue in downtown Portland. It's a party in your mouth and everyone's invited. Thanks, man.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right, buddy. So you made it through. You have all three questions, right? You've tied four other of my guests for the uh, current champion of Questions with Mikel. Excellent. Um, the debate is out there as to who will be the best. Um, at this time, is there anything you'd like to promote? Any websites? So people can hear your music?
1: Well, uh, solovox.com. That's real easy. S-O-L-O-V-O-X. Uh, and actually, most of my new stuff is on SoundCloud, which seems to be the, the thing. SoundCloud slash solovox has a bunch of newer stuff. And uh, playing a thing called Full Moon in June, which is a camp out down in uh, Eugene here on June 2nd. And uh, that link is on my website. And, but uh, most importantly, June 21st at Refuge, we're doing a solstice party. And a Pumpkin, a killer remix artist from California, is coming up. And the Woo All-Stars, basically going back to the original Chaosmosis stuff, a lot of those musicians were all getting back together again. It's going to be them, and then I'm going to play, and Pumpkin's going to play. It's going to be really good. That's Thursday, June 21st.
0: At the Refuge, man. Yeah. And that we now know is in Southeast Portland.
1: That's that, that's what, that, Yeah, that's another Southeast one.
0: <laughs> all right, man. Well, I really appreciate your time here, by the way. Thank I you. have one plug tonight, and that's that I'm going to be on the Chuck and Buck Show tomorrow, promoting this year podcast. So um, I'm going to be on there with Christopher Neil Young
1: of episode five. Why does that name ring a bell?
0: Uh, He worked at Refuge for about three months. No, but Chuck and Buck. Oh, Chuck and Buck replaced the Ed Foreman show. Oh. They've been doing it for about a year now. Excellent. Yeah, so I'm going to be on a comedy show tomorrow. Excellent. Yeah, well, so anyone can check that out at 10 p.m. at Dante's for free. So right now we've hit the moment everyone's been waiting for, the arbitrary question. Oh, boy. So I would like to ask you at this point, Mr. Mm Solovox, Carl, my friend. Mm Mm-hmm. What is the best annual event held in Portland? The best annual event held in Portland? Um, hump. Wow. The pornography for amateurs. Mm-hmm. That is a close second, but I'm sorry today. Mm-hmm. That is incorrect. The answer is the World Naked Bike Ride.
1: Oh, I was so close. World
0: Naked Bike Ride. Thanks again, Solovox, for accepting Thank you. I appreciate your time, man.
1: All right.